Hello, welcome to the BT360 podcast, What's Up in Business Travel, a weekly podcast where we update you on what's up this week in the world of business travel. This podcast is great for those who need to know what's happening all in less than 15 minutes. My name is Ash. Let's get started. It is Monday, May 30th, and we have completed week 21 of 2022. Are you enjoying this podcast? Does this podcast help you stay in the know? If so, be sure to tell someone else about it today. We think that they will appreciate it and thank you for it, as do we in advance. Now, let's get to the headlines. For the first time since the pandemic, domestic and short-haul business flight bookings have returned to 2019 levels. This is according to a new research released from the MasterCard Economics Institute. Long-haul traffic, however, remains considerably down on pre-pandemic volumes. The report, which integrates data from MasterCard transactions as well as IATA passenger data and Google Community Mobility reports, highlighted the cautious return of business travel. A surge at the end of March 2022 saw overall global business flight bookings inch just above 2019 levels for the first time since the pandemic. In comparison, at their lowest in 2022, which was around mid-January, business flight bookings were roughly half of pre-pandemic levels. In Europe, domestic and short-haul business travel surpassed 2019 levels in April by 30% and 27%, respectively. Secondary and tertiary markets are seeing the largest year-over-year increases in average U.S. airfares. This is according to a report released this week by CheapAir.com. The company assessed 128 million airfares in April in cities across the U.S., Based on destination, the fare increases ranged from 14% at Manchester-Boston Regional Airport to 42% at Dayton International Airport. The study was released a week after ARC shared their data, showing that in April, average U.S. airfares had jumped 45% year-over-year. Another viral disease is making headlines this week, and while it is not impacting travel, authorities in the U.S. have issued a new travel warning in light of its spread. Monkeypox, according to the CDC, is a disease with symptoms similar but milder than smallpox. So far, dozens of cases have been confirmed in Europe, and at least two have been confirmed in the U.S. and another two in Canada. The main symptoms of monkeypox are fever, headache, muscle aches, backaches, along with a rash that often begins on the face and then spreads to other parts of the body in one to three days. The illness typically lasts two to four weeks and can be fatal in as many as 1% to 11% of the people who become infected. And finally, April U.S. hotel performance continues to grow according to hospitality research firm STR, and the average daily rate reached another record high. The overall April U.S. ADR was $149.90, up 14% from April 2019 levels and up from $146.61 in March of 2022. The April ADR was a record high according to STR and when adjusted for inflation, it is 0.7% above the 2019 figure. Now in changes to travel due to the pandemic. A number of countries have lifted their COVID-19 test requirements. Barbados lifted theirs starting on May 25th. Fully vaccinated travelers to Barbados no longer need a COVID test to enter the country. Unvaccinated travelers, however, still do need to present a negative COVID test for entry. 
Spain lifted its ban on non-vaccinated travelers from third world countries, finally permitting them to enter its territory after two years of the pandemic. Additionally, the U.S. Virgin Island authorities have said that they will drop all remaining pandemic-related travel restrictions starting on May 31st. The U.S. territory said that they will transition to an open-door phase, dropping all of their restrictions for domestic travelers and no longer requiring them to fill out the U.S. VI travel screening portal. Trinidad and Tobago also eased their COVID-19 rule restrictions starting from June 1st. Returning nationals and non-nationals entering Trinidad and Tobago will no longer have to produce a travel pass to gain entry. Visitors to Indonesia also no longer need to provide a negative PCR test results if they are free from COVID-19 symptoms and have a normal body temperature. Travelers must show their vaccination certificates and download Indonesia's tracing application. In response to Indonesia ending its pre-pandemic testing requirements, Jetstar Asia has said that it will increase flights to Singapore from key Indonesian destinations to meet the pent-up demand. And finally, Airbnb has said it will remove its Chinese listings this summer due to the domestic business being costly and complex to operate. When asked for a comment, Airbnb declined to make a statement. A source said that China has been in lockdown since 2020 and has no end in sight. Airbnb formally launched its mainland China business in 2016. A source says that stays in China have accounted for approximately 1% of revenue over the last few years. Twenty twenty two will be filled with news of mergers and new partnerships. A supermajority of Ensemble Travel Group's 312 shareholders, 83%, approved the acquisition of Navigator. Until now, Ensemble has operated as a co-op with each member agency holding one share in the company. The move, a pretty significant process, will take the company private according to the CEO David Harris. Terms of the deal were not disclosed. And while the transition is no small task, when it's completed, he predicted it will be a win-win-win for ensemble members, suppliers, and consumers. Shipping company MSC Group, the parent company of MSC Cruises, has placed a formal bid for the majority stake in Italy's ITA Airways. The bid was made in conjunction with Germany's Lufthansa Group. MSC did not provide details of the bid. However, Reuters has reported that MSC will control 60% of ITA, while Lufthansa will control 20%. The Italian government, which currently owns ITA, will keep 20% of the airline. Qantas has just announced its expansion into the online holiday booking market with the acquisition of 51% of Trip A Deal. Qantas joins existing shareholders, BGH Capital and Tripadeal's founders, in saying that this is a great opportunity at the perfect time. While the financial details of the all-cash deal are commercial in confidence, the company said pre-COVID, Tripadeal was growing at more than 40% annually, with the pre-pandemic yearly sales in excess of $200 million. Klook, a leading travel and leisure e-commerce platform, and Kayak, the world's leading travel search engine today, announced an expanded integration that will enable Kayak users to access one of the largest inventories of things to do across the Asia-Pacific region. Kayak will draw on Klook's leading supply strength to enable its users to have seamless access to Asia-Pacific's best things to do. Kayak users will benefit from a wider range of attractions and experiences, and they will be able to discover more than 490,000 activities in over 1,000 destinations. And now, in news relating to the return to travel. 
the U.S. Customs and Border Protection will increase the fee it levies on inbound international travelers from countries participating in the visa waiver program to $17 from $10. The fee does not include a $4 administration fee. A CBP spokesperson confirmed that the new fee will take effect on May 26. The fee is for use of the Electronic System of Travel Authorization, ESTA, a system established in 2009 to allow business travelers and others coming from 40 countries that participate in the visa waiver program to enter for stays of up to 90 days without a visa. The CBP uses ESTA to assess whether inbound travelers are eligible for visa-free entry, and each authorization is eligible for two years. The new fee was also extended to 2027. KLM on Thursday said it will suspend all sales of flights leaving from Amsterdam as the airport grapples with overcrowding due to a shortage of security staff. Lines at Europe's largest airport, Amsterdam, have often stretched into the streets in recent weeks, forcing travelers to wait for hours to clear security checks and causing many to miss their flights. KLM is putting a break on ticket sales for flights leaving and including those on Sunday because Amsterdam Airport can get its security problems fixed, according to a KLM spokesperson. The cap on ticket sales was needed to accommodate those who had missed their flights due to the chaos at the Amsterdam Airport. Delta also said it will cut its schedule by 100 flights per day between July 1st and August 7th as rising COVID-19 cases and vendors' staffing shortages challenge operations. Delta Airlines said that the reductions will be made primarily to high-frequency markets in the U.S. and Latin America. Delta joined several other U.S. airlines, including Alaska, Spirit, Southwest, and JetBlue, in cutting capacity over the summer. Canadian Jetlines, a new Canadian leisure travel airline, has scored an approval from the Canadian Transportation Agency. The airline, which is headquartered in Mississauga, Ontario, is planning to jump into the low-fare Canadian air travel market with a fleet of Airbus A320 aircrafts later this summer from Toronto Pearson Airport. The plan calls for the airline to provide value vacation choices and convenient travel to both domestic destinations within Canada and others outside the country, including cities in the U.S., Cuba, Jamaica, St. Lucia, Antigua, Bahamas, and more. The airline said it expects to be flying 15 aircrafts by 2025. Hertz Rent-A-Car has extended its loyalty tier status for five-star and President Circle customers to January 31, 2023. Customers' points will be good through the end of 2022 or longer if they have completed a rental in the past six months and won't expire if a rent or redeem is completed by December 31st. Hertz will also continue its reduced requirements for tier status that was announced in 2020 during the pandemic. London's long-delayed new underground service, the Elizabeth Line, finally opened to passengers. The project known as Crossrail was originally scheduled to open in December 2018, but has suffered a series of delays and ended up costing more than £19 billion to complete. The initial opening of the lines see trains running every five minutes between Paddington and Abbeywood in southeast London, with journey times reduced from 58 minutes to just 29 minutes. And now in some technology news. UK Travel Management Consortia Focus Travel Partnership has appointed Vertil Technologies as its preferred NDC aggregator. Vertil offers a direct connect platform including NDC-enabled content from major airlines such as British Airways, Emirates, Qatar, Lufthansa and United. 
Abby Penson, the CEO of Focus Travel Partnership, added that the Technology Steering Committee was incredibly impressed with the look and feel of the Vertil technology. Travel technology supplier Aeronology has partnered with Amadeus to provide GDS content for Aeronology's booking platform. The platform is a midware tool meant to offer an experience between the corporate booking tool and working in the native GDS, offering a simpler interface than the GDS, but more servicing capabilities than a booking tool. This is according to Aeronology's CEO, Russell Cartenson. The target audience for the platform is travel arrangers and bookers. Serco has signed with Atlas Travel to resell its Xeno booking platform in North America, further pushing its expansion in the region. Atlas Travel, a BCD travel affiliate that has a wholly owned division in the UK, is in the process of implementing Xeno with its first client. The platform is now available to all Atlas clients, according to Serco. Last week, Serco announced an agreement with CWT designating Xeno as a globally preferred tool, and Serco has partnered with other travel management companies, expanding Xeno's U.S. presence, including Direct ATPI, Global Travel, FCM, Ovation Travel Group, Frosh, Ascendus, and Concierge Travel. And now in some space news. The Boeing company's Starliner spacecraft touched down safely in New Mexico on Wednesday, May 25th, wrapping up the Orbital Flight Test 2 as part of NASA's commercial crew program. The Starliner settled gently into its airbags following a parachute-assisted landing that helps set the stage for future crewed landings. The seven-day flight served as an end-to-end test of the system's capabilities, demonstrating its ability to launch, dock to the International Space Station, re-enter Earth's orbit, and land safely. The success of OFT-2 brings the nation a significant step closer to having two unique human transportation systems to carry astronauts to and from the International Space Station from U.S. soil. After NASA and Boeing review data from this test flight, teams will continue plans for Starliner and its next mission, the Crew Flight Test to the Space Station. With that, thank you for joining us, and I would like to ask you to tune in again next week on Monday morning to get your weekly update. We hope that you will make this a regular part of your week and listen in while you're on the move or sitting back and sipping your coffee. You can subscribe to this podcast by searching Business Travel 360 on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or Pandora. Be sure to share this podcast with everyone you know so that they can also benefit from getting to know more about what's up in business travel. You can always find more information on businesstravel360.com. Have a great day and travel well.